0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill Podcast, your source for Netflix spooks, scares, and skeletons. I'm Caleb.
1: And I uh, am a vampire
0: in the Bronx. Just kidding, I'm a fucking werewolf. Oh!
1: Uh, And that's why you should never say the word cunt.
0: (laughs) As as though I didn't just talk to you uh, like a day ago. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm just wonderful. It's a uh, a very spooky time. We're we're in the midst of October, and that means uh spooktaculars are are happening and happening quick.
0: It's all it's all unscripted. It's very funny, very exciting.
1: Uh speaking of which, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. I just ate a a massive amount of food.
1: Is your name Gazorpazorpfield? Field?
0: Yeah, I had my damn and I told my wife that uh I'm gazorpazorp field and that I hate my mom and the nun's days, and she gave me my damn enchiladas.
1: But I could really go for some enchiladas.
0: Really, really happy that Epic Film Guy Nick sent me that Hot Ones hot sauce, because I went down real smooth.
1: There you go. He didn't send me any, because I didn't win the prize during Livestream for the Cure. Also because I don't think I could take hot sauce on a plane with me. I feel like... So so I did the I did a thing uh, which I, I I flew up for uh last stream for the cure which uh may or may not have been the correct decision depending on uh, who you ask but uh, to me it was the correct decision and uh I only take a carry on with me because I refuse to give air airlines like any more of my money so I just have like a duffel bag full of all of my shit that fits underneath my seat and I don't think I could have that out on a uh on a flight, for fear of throwing it in someone's eyes, I guess?
0: Could have uh, explosives in it. Or explosive diarrhea, and then what? Uh, that'd
1: be a big yikes for everybody else involved.
0: Let's just, uh, let's get into it, Dan. <laughs> what are we What are we doing today? Why are we having a show?
1: So, uh, we are doing a hashtag all the horror. This is a hashtag all the horror bonus episode. Uh, And you can find more uh, All the Horror episodes from other great podcasters at hashtag All the Horror on Twitter. And uh, we're just counting down the top five Netflix original horror movies. If you can't tell, we're American, so we're going off of the uh, U.S. Netflix client and what are horror movies on there that are Netflix original. I'm sure if you're in a different country, you have like 15 different other ones that are, are also Netflix originals for you that. Uh, aren't for us so uh just bear with us please
0: i feel like they should have uh gone with hashtag all the fears because i feel like it was supposed to be like all the feels
1: that's not that's not terrible i like that actually whenever uh whenever they listen they might be like oh well that's that's a good idea let's just screw this uh all the horror thing we've been doing for the last three years and and do all the fears (laughs) instead (laughs)
0: Or they might tell me to fuck off for criticizing them.
1: I mean, it's a fifty-fifty. It's an it's a razor's edge.
0: <laughs> all right, yeah. So, uh, top five Netflix original horror movies. I um I'm worried that my my list is a little bit shit because uh, there's just not a lot. But like, I tried to at least pick all ones that I would at least recommend to people. So
1: yeah, that's fair. Um, I. What I had a short list of, I think about eight that I would at least recommend. Which uh doesn't sound like a lot, and it kinda isn't. But then I think back to like modern horror in the first place, and I'm like, I'd probably recommend maybe fifteen modern horror movies, and to have eight of them be on Netflix is uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good deal.
0: Yeah, that's it's a it's a pretty fair rate of exchange, so.
1: All right, let's uh, get... um, Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
0: I think think we're both trying to do the same thing there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't we (laughs) hop right into it? So uh, I'll start with you. Uh, What is your number five? All right,
1: so I feel like we're going to have a lot of crossover here. uh, And I'm going to start the crossover early with probably what is your number one movie. But I'm going with Gerald's Game.
0: I don't want to spoil my list, but how... How have you done this to me you can You can read me like a fucking Victoria's secret catalogue that, that you hide under your mattress?
1: that is a hundred percent true uh so this is basically all about uh Carla Gugino and her acting performance in a movie where she is uh basically handcuffed to a bed for all of eighty minutes of a movie uh her husband uh and her go up to a lake house where. Uh, they are trying to rekindle the the magic of their relationship, and uh, he yeah because
0: he has a rape fantasy
1: yeah so he uh he takes some Viagra, uh they get in an argument about like the way like how real he's going with it, and then he has a heart attack and dies. So it's it then follows like her kind of delusions and like her inner monologue and kind of like how she's trying to cope with this and tr- figuring out how to how to escape from this hellacious situation that she's in and it's uh it's very it's good it's a good movie uh it, it does get a little bit weird with a, a certain character that shows up about halfway through and then uh who we all thought was a hallucination but turns out to be a hundred percent real for some reason oh yeah so yeah uh gerald game a stephen king adaptation
0: uh my number five is also a stephen King adaptation. And it is nineteen twenty two starring Thomas Jane, a simple yet proud farmer in the year nineteen twenty two conspires to murder his wife for financial gain, convincing his teenage son to assist. but their actions have unintended consequences um This isn't a uh, particularly scary horror movie; it's more of like it's more dread than horror, yes. like I don't know this is. Just kind of a movie about a man's guilt and the terrible decisions that he's made, kind of manifesting themselves physically and how he just suffers because he did some really shitty things. I don't know. I like Thomas Jane a lot, probably a lot more than I should. Correct. Because he's not a very good actor. No, no. But I I just like him a lot, so.
1: I mean, you are a big fan of unironically uh, a big fan of his punisher movie so
0: huge fan love that movie i'll watch that movie anytime it was pretty
1: good i'm not i'm not gonna lie and say it's a bad yeah. movie i like that movie it's just it's very it's also very of its time so i feel like if you didn't watch it in 2004 yeah. uh you're not going. well to like it
0: was it. it was before they really cracked the marvel formula like this is four years pre-iron man but like Three years post Sam Raimi Spider Man, like comic book movies were already a huge deal, but they hadn't really cracked the code yet. So,
1: uh, I remember this one. We, this as a main topic for our show, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't. No, I, I might have hated it then. I think I've softened on it since. Uh, it, it's, it's not my kind of horror movie, which is more out and out horror, uh, borderline and borderline schlock. Uh, which uh is my preferred genre of horror.
0: It's like gentle torture porn. Like it's not super super horrific. It's just like this is all the awful things that happened to this guy because he deserves it, right? But it's not like you know I'm gonna fucking tie him up and cut off his eyelids and shit. Like, it's not that kind of torture porn. It's just like, hey, you suck, and now you're going to pay the price. It's like the telltale heart
1: of movies, kind of. K- kind of, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, my number four is a movie that I originally hated uh, and then slowly came around on as I watched it uh, now for like five times. Uh, it is The Ritual.
0: All right. My number four is The Ritual. Hey,
1: there we go. Uh, this is uh, a British movie where uh, it's five friends discussing in a pub like what they're gonna do for their next lads' vacation. Uh, one of them wants to go off and buy like a bottle of vodka, and he's joined by their uh, their one friend, and uh, uh, they they walk in on a robbery, and the one friend is uh, inevitably killed by the robbers. So they eventually do that one friend's vacation suggestion of hiking in Sweden. Uh, however, they probably shouldn't have done that because the hiking in Sweden turns into uh, a horrifying stay in this forest. Hiking
0: in a cult!
1: Yes, and they have a cult. There's a cult there. Uh, yeah. Which um, is something kind I love. Of
0: a, kind of similar to 1922. Like, this is kind of, uh, uh, like, he feels guilty for his friend's death and he's, like, being put through his paces for it. Mm-hmm. Um it it has kind of a blair witch vibe like they find weird shit in the woods and they're not sure they think someone's watching them and like they all start to freak out and then uh it turns out there there is a uh a cult and uh weird stuff happens yeah and uh turns into a creature feature which i love a good creature feature
1: yeah, it's very well teased out. Uh, I I think my biggest problem with it, and it's always been my biggest problem with this movie, uh, and will forever be the biggest problem I have with this movie. Uh, his one friend is literally nothing but a whiny baby who blames him for mm-hmm. the fact that his friend is dead,
0: and he doesn't die soon enough.
1: And he doesn't die soon enough. He die. He is the last one to die, uh, and I hate that. I-, I I fucking hate that character with with a passion. Uh, I think he sucks like a lot uh i i can't reconcile myself with that character at all he's he's legitimately the worst
0: <laughs> all right so number 3's all you right go. no
1: my number 3 is uh the Australian movie Cargo starring notice, noted Australian Martin Freeman
0: huh for some reason i was thinking that it was uh, Ricky Gervais.
1: Oh God, no,
0: that.
1: no. That would that would put that on like worse Netflix original horror movies for me. I know,
0: and that's why I, that's why I didn't pick it. Like it still, this would have been an honorable mention probably for me. But um, I mean, I I did kind of like that movie.
1: I like it a lot. So basically, Martin Freeman uh and his family, uh, his wife and his inf- infant daughter are uh in the midst of the zombie apocalypse and, uh, events happen where both the, the mom dies and Martin Freeman is bitten by a zombie. And, uh, so now he has to find a, um, Aboriginal tribe, uh, or somebody who will take care of this, uh, of his infant daughter mm-hmm. before he che- turns back I- into a zombie and is unable to care for her. And in fact, we'll probably just eat her. Uh, it's kind of heartbreaking, um, it probably goes on maybe a little bit too long, but I really like just the the general vibe of it. It it feels, you know, like uh, like after seeing something like Train to Busan, I it's it's not on the level of Train to Busan, but seeing something along those same emotional lines is you know kind of heartbreaking to watch this man kind of devolve and, and uh, become slowly become a zombie while trying to uh, prepare life for his uh, his infant daughter
0: good pick uh my number three is the babysitter hey that's on my list too uh this is the McGee movie about uh another cult they're uh, a demon blood cult who are trying to uh, achieve immortality and fame through uh performing service for the devil Uh, and Samara Weaving's in it. She's great. There's some
1: genius to this movie. Uh, you know, uh, there's particularly a a moment where everything gets revealed, and Cole's character has a very "what the fuck" look on his face, and then the words "what the fuck" pop up on screen. You're like, "Eh, Hmm. well, that's completely unnecessary. But uh, it's along the lines of like Tucker and Dale in terms of like Mm -hmm. comedy horror. It's it's kind. Its tongue is firmly planted in his cheek. It knows what it's doing the whole time with with all the tropes.
0: And Robbie Amell is uh <laughs> is also shirtless in the movie, so.
1: I mean that's that's the big draw.
0: I I need to quit uh I need to quit talking about shirtless Robbie Amell or I'm gonna get sent to horny jail.
1: It's that that is very true. Uh, for me, my favorite part about the movie, other than the Tucker and Dauntless, is the the relationship between Cole and B. Their their friendship feels so real, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of gut wrenching to watch like it, you know, go from being like this wonderful friendship to uh, kind of at odds with each other. To like, yeah, their, and the-
0: that's that's the the wonderful wonderful decision that they made that makes this movie really work is that like the victim and the main villain are like they genuinely love each other.
1: Yeah. And that makes their, their final moments together kind of, like, very cathartic to me. It's like, it, it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in like it would be with, like, other movies. Like, there are other movies that, that try this kind of moment and feel like, oh, well, this is, that's just stupid and weird. In this movie, it feels extremely earned.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, So, spoiler alert, that was my number two. So we're uh, right back to you for your number two.
0: All right, I'm almost positive that my number two is your number one, so... Okay. uh, Why don't we talk about The Perfection? Yeah, you are correct, sir. The Perfection is my
1: number one movie. Uh, horror movie. Uh, I-, I will start by saying the trailer to that movie yeah. is perfect.
0: Th- this is the most well-marketed movie, probably, that Netflix has done, so...
1: Uh, if you listen to our show at all, you are aware that Caleb shuts off trailers after a minute and 30 seconds. And if he shut off I do. the trailer for this at a minute and 30 seconds, he would have watched the whole trailer.
0: And uh, then sat staring blankly at my screen for 12 seconds. Uh, it's a great trailer. It also perfectly teases out stuff without giving away the twist of what happens in the uh, the late second act of the film.
1: Yeah which i don't want to give away if you haven't seen the perfection i i definitely want you to watch the perfection and understand like if you if you're watching the trailer now uh now that we've told you about this just know the main meat of it is we only within the first 30 minutes of the movie so if you if you think you're seeing something you know deeply profound about the movie like this is what the movie is it's not this is just the first 30 minutes. There's more shit that happens. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of wonderful what it turns into.
0: Also, if you're into body horror, uh because there is forced amputation in the movie.
1: Oh yeah. And there's also like I found to be like this undercurrent of social commentary for uh how women are treated. Like uh mm-hmm. it, it started with it started with white women. And then it moved on to black women, and then as we've kind of imperialized more of the world, it it's moved on to other races. Uh, that's at least my my read on it. Uh, I won't go any further huh, to that, yeah. but uh, if you if you look at the logical pro- progression of like who who the focus is uh, in on the girls, it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. So yeah, that movie is great. I love The Perfection. In fact, I need to watch it again for for this horror season.
0: All of my lists are in the the six-star range on IMDb. My highest one is a 6.6, and the lowest is a 6.1.
1: Oh, yikes. I wonder what mine is. Uh, So tell me about Gerald's game, Uh, (laughs) now that we've gotten there.
0: Yeah, that's that's obviously my number one. Um, If you would say that your biggest fear is being trapped, uh, this is the movie for you. Because, like... Fucking Jessie in this is, like, the definition of helpless, but and, like, the only thing that she has to try to uh, get out of the situation she's in is uh, her mind, and, like, literally having a dialogue with herself. But it's like misery without the hobbling.
1: Thank God.
0: Yeah, Uh, because I... I know everybody loves that movie, and Kathy Bates is wonderful, but I will never watch that movie because I cannot.
1: Yeah, that's... A, I. So, uh, to go back to your IMDb point, yeah, all of my stuff is between 6.1 and 6.6. Like, that's... Yep. I, And I guess that's kind of status quo. Like, how many all-time great horror movies are there, really? Like, if you look at like, the IMDb Top 250, like, I think it's The Thing. And there's probably a couple others, but otherwise, the yeah. IMDb Top 250 is probably taken up mostly by drama movies.
0: Yeah, horror by its very nature, I think, are just kind of like throwaway movies for the most part. Like, uh, not as much as comedies, but, like, there's, there's very few horror movies that really, um hit a wide audience and stand the test of time. So it is what it is. Right.
1: All right. And before we get into honorable mentions, we have a wonderful podcasting friend from hashtag all the horror to give us their favorite Netflix original horror movie. So without further ado, here they are.
2: Hey everyone, this is Sean from Stories of Your and Yours, which is soon to be known as Ink and Ash, and I am here to tell you about my favorite Netflix original horror movie. Full disclosure, there are a few horror movies on Netflix that I still haven't seen yet, despite being a horror guy, and hopefully Gerald won't mind my gimmick infringement there. For instance, I still need to see Cargo and The Apostle, despite them being out for a while and being movies that I'm very much interested in, but I have seen several. I considered... Gerald's Game and Hush, both movies by Mike Flanagan, whose work I really enjoy. And I quite like both of those movies, even though they do have their shortcomings. Another very solid one is The Ritual from 2018. Really good atmospheric horror movie in the Scandinavian woods. But at the end of the day, I have to go with the most unique and creative horror movie that I've seen on Netflix. And that is The Perfection. The performances and the perfection by Allison Williams and Logan Browning are fantastic. Stephen Weber is also very good, and it just goes in places that you don't at all see coming. And to me, it wasn't unpredictable and shocking for the sake of being unpredictable and shocking. It actually knew where it wanted to go. I know this one was polarizing for a lot of people, but I bought into it and I had a great time with it. I'm not generally a big fan of body horror, but there's elements in that here and it works. I've seen it described as trashy or schlocky. And it's actually hard to dispute those (laughs) descriptors for at least parts of the movie. But this is trashy with a brain, in my mind. You know, there are definitely some gross-out moments, and it's not going to work for everybody. But for me, The Perfection is my favorite Netflix original horror movie. And I don't even want to say too much about it, because if you haven't seen it, knowing a lot about it would uh, diminish the effect. You know, you watch the trailer, the trailer doesn't tell you very much. It's... The trailer gives you kind of a taste of what the movie is, but it doesn't give you any real idea of where it's going. It's really, as Dan and I discussed a while back when it first came out, it is the perfect trailer. So I recommend it. Give it a shot if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, All that having been said, the best original horror content on Netflix is The Haunting of Hill House. And I'm very excited for The Haunting of Bly Manor. Again, all the work of Mike Flanagan, who is fantastic. Dan, Caleb, thank you for letting me ramble on here. Check out my show, Stories of Your and Yours, that's Y-O-R-E-N-Y-O-U-R-S, and if you subscribe now, you'll still have it in your queue when the name changes, which will probably be before the end of this year, and the new name will be Ink and Ash. Come listen to me narrate short stories, including one that will have Dan as a guest voice that drops on the last Wednesday of this month.
1: All right, so uh, with that, any honorable mentions that you want to talk about?
0: I guess Little Evil, that's a, a horror comedy, it's fine if you like Adam Scott, I don't mm. know. It's, I don't know, it's like making fun of The Omen, so.
1: Yeah, uh, I wasn't as plussed about that, but it was also like, I, I don't know what that, what I was expecting, really. Uh, like, uh, if if you gotta yeah. go in expecting a horror comedy, you'll probably enjoy it a bit more. But it's more, I think it's more overt in its comedy than something like The Babysitter. I think The Babysitter is tonally consistently good uh, with mixing its comedy and its actual like horror elements to it. I think Little Evil is just like an out and out comedy that also happens to have some horror elements to it.
0: Right. Uh, What about you?
1: I got a couple. So uh, Apostle. I have compared Apostle to a Bioshock movie uh, many, many times because the first two acts really do feel like a Bioshock movie. Uh, that said, it po- it is a complete Bioshock movie because the third act completely lets down the movie entirely. Uh, it-, it writes Oof. so many checks that it can't possibly cash that uh, you ultimately walk away leaving unfulfilled, but I love the production design. Like, I... I- I truly love the first two thirds of that movie, but then when everything ha- like when the chickens have to come home to roost, Af- it's over.
0: <laughs> After they kill Andrew Ryan, the game is effectively over.
1: Correct. There, there's a there hits. A, there's a certain point. There's a certain turning point. Uh, where uh, I'll just I'll just call it the heathen stand. When the heathen stand happens, that's when the movie is effectively over. And everything else after that is kind of just like nonsense that they're just wrapping up with. Uh, and then one you watched, and I don't know why I watched it uh, after you you hated it, but it's called Cam. Uh, it's similar, and it falls into that same horror movie thing that I was just talking about with Apostle. Basically, this girl is like a an OnlyFans oh, person. Oh, fuck.
0: I totally forgot about that movie.
1: Yeah, you're welcome for reminding you about this movie that you don't like. Uh, She's basically an OnlyFans, she runs an OnlyFans account, and uh, one day she logs in to discover that her uh, OnlyFans account has been taken over by somebody that looks like her. And it's a really interesting look into uh, how someone's online personality is completely separate from themselves. But then the third act happens, and everything has to resolve and it resolves in a very stupid way that kind of deflates the rest of the movie but up until that point i was having a good time with it
0: isn't it like a spooky deep fake virus or something yeah
1: something like that it's kind it's it apparently is like hacked into like the top 10 most popular profiles on like only and you know all of them are run by this spooky demon thing that for whatever reason wants money it's never clear as to what what's actually going on and the way it resolves is just kind of fucking dumb. Oh, uh I should I should mention uh, Apostle what it's about. Uh basically it's Dan Stevens goes to an island run by a cult. Uh you can sense a theme with it with of almost every one of our picks on here is run by a cult uh that has kidnapped his sister for ransom uh and he has to infiltrate them to get her back. Uh unfortunately there is no lighthouse so uh, this isn't a, a true Bioshock movie because there while well, there is a girl, there isn't a lighthouse.
0: I know eventually somebody's gonna crack the code on that, and that video game movies are gonna be the next big thing, but like I don't I don't ever want them to do a Bioshock movie, because it's not gonna be good. I don't think they can. It's not gonna work. Yeah. Fuck, the Monster Hunter movie looks so bad. <laughs>
1: and one other one I do want to shout out it's called Ghoul now it's not technically a movie because it is broken up into three episodes however they're 45 minutes apiece Uh, this is an Indian production it is extraordinarily reminiscent of the thing basically uh, somebody has been taken over by a djinn and uh, the djinn is stuck inside this like uh, this com this military complex with with like ten or so people. So it's trying to figure out who the djinn is before it takes a- before it kills somebody and takes over somebody else. Uh, I think you would like it. I don't know if you I don't know if you've watched it yet, but I highly recommend it during uh, your your next couple days off to at least give it a shot. The first episode is mm-hmm. kind of th- is kind of throwaway. It's setting up all the stuff, not as effectively as the thing does. Where it you know it. It basically starts with, with two guy, two Swedes in a helicopter shooting a, a husky. Uh, there, there's none of that here.
0: They're Norwegian. Oh,
1: excuse me. Regardless, uh, th- you know, those Scandinavians. Those no,
0: th- no, that actually is like a good joke about the movie because McCready kept saying, hey, Sweden. <laughs> and uh, Copper keeps going, they're Norwegian, Mac.
1: Oh, well, shows how much I pay attention. I th- <laughs>
0: I thought you were doing a joke because you were uh, an obsessed nerd about that movie, too, maybe. Not yet. But I don't think anybody likes that movie as much as I do.
1: And Paul's going to fight you over that. that that's a, that's a uh, strong possibility. He can
0: die. I know more about the thing than him. I am calling you out, Paul. That's true. I know more about stupid, random topic <laughs> than you.
1: But yes, uh, if if you like the thing, uh, this is Lesser Thing uh I, I will say that uh, out front like this isn't like blood glacier levels of badness but <laughs> uh it's still highly enjoyable and this would have definitely made my list had uh, had had it been a true movie as opposed to a three episode series
0: all right well uh thanks for joining us on this journey i hope you weren't too scared i hope you Enjoy some of the fine streaming content that uh, Netflix has and uh, that the shows that you like don't get canceled.
1: That's the greatest fear everyone has, is watching their favorite shows get canceled.
0: I don't know. I feel like the the COVID times has really been playing hell with their budget. I feel like they had a lot of stuff banked that was in post-production and uh, like they could kind of slowly trickle that out. Uh, and I think that now they're just running out of stuff and trying to plug holes in the ship.
1: Yep, yep. That's the thing. Uh, we we have to remember we're in like the darkest timeline. Uh, I feel like uh, at least you know the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance and Glow would not have been canceled had it had COVID not existed. Teenage Bounty Hunters probably would have been canceled. Uh, I'm a little upset that I didn't finish watching it cuz now I feel like I was responsible for for the cancellation but <laughs> it, it it is what it is. I can't I can't stop the 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 coming tide. All right. That's it. Mm. Uh thank you to uh all the horror for having us and uh, I hope you enjoyed this very spooky episode of Netflix and Swell. Uh if you like what you're listening to, check us out at netflixandswill.com. And uh you can find us on all your relevant podcatchers and social medias at Netflix and Swell. And uh thank you to Sean Faust for the theme music to all the horror.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't have anything to add. Thank you very much for listening with us and I I don't know how to do an outro apparently. <laughs> uh thank you for joining us and uh we will spook you next Tuesday.